Hoiskenam Chatlam, not Lesman Mane, Nestewas Lolam, Las Hoichens Lolam, Lachais Lokam, Nachim Kotaino. This is deer hunting song. Snoea, Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., a program celebrating First Nations languages and cultural topics, including history, poetry, music, and spirituality. Snoweth broadcasting on Vancouver Co-op Radio from the unceded Coast Salish Territory every Tuesday from 1 to 2 p.m. and syndicated on UBC CITR 101.9 FM Wednesdays 4 to 5 p.m. Hello, you're listening to Co-op Radio 100.5 CFRO. I apologize for all the dead air, but we're here now. This is Snow Wiles on 100.5 CFRO. I have co-host Sarvanas here with me. Hi, Gunnarji. Good to be Hi. here. Yeah, tell us about your guest today. Yes, today we have Wendy Bonazu on the show. Mm -hmm. She's the granddaughter of Dorothy Makwabik Francis, uh -huh. who was in a remarkable woman uh, of, of the Soto First Nation. She founded the first Aboriginal Friendship Centre. She was a recipient of the Order of Canada for cultural revitalization efforts. She was the elected chair of the National Arts and Crafts Advisory Committee, a member of the Baha'i Faith, and also an accomplished artist, and um, also hosted a weekly Native cultural program for Canada's Natural Radio uh, Network and uh, also published a book on Native legends and recorded many Native lullabies. So this is just a, a very wow. accomplished woman. Well, we will be packing a full hour of Wendy and also we have Kim Gucci on the line with us. So you can hear her music in the background. A song called Goodbye. Kim Gucci is thrilled to announce the release of her brand new album, Northern Shining Star Woman. She is going on tour with the album and she's here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Kim Gucci. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm actually on the road as we speak, so you might hear some semis driving by. I mean, I'm not driving, I'm standing on in this beautiful air in the trees by the river near Quinell, B.C., Oh, beautiful. That's a, a nice spot of British Columbia. Mm -hmm. So uh, where are you going to be performing this evening? This evening, actually, I'm just headed to the Okanagan for a couple of days of rehearsals. And then I'm going to be, our first show is on Friday in Seabird Island. It's a, a backyard um, concert. And then heading over to Fort Langley on Saturday at the Leelam Arts and Cultural Cafe. And then Sunday at the Limelight Quest Academy of Music for another concert. And then make my way back to the Okanagan um, for a house concert in Naramata on June the 1st. And how about Vancouver? Or will you be uh, celebrating the an album here? Yeah, that's the one actually. Sorry, it was uh, on the Sunday night. I'm in Vancouver at the Limelight Quest. Um, academy, a music school. Okay. Well, yeah, on Sunday night. And you can find out all this information if you go to my website, which is just my name.com, Kim Gucci, K Y M, and then Gucci, G O U C H I E.com. And can you say that again one more time for the listeners if you would like to know more about the up and coming tour of Kim Gucci and the Northern Shining Star Women? Yeah, you actually, if you just plunk it into Google, you'll probably find it. And so my first name is K-Y-M. I changed it when I was like 14 years old, and uh, it stuck, K-Y-M-G-O-U-C-H-I-E. So it, it phonetically, it would look like Gucci, but it's actually Gucci. I totally get it. And you know what? Don't let spell check stop you from Googling Kim Gucci with a Y. Thank you for the call and have a safe journey on your tour. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Butterflies and ravens Hair ties and 
Welcome back to Co-op Radio 100.5 CFRO Sarvanaz. So earlier we heard a little bit about Dorothy Mockobeek Francis, who founded the first Aboriginal Friendship Centre, among many other accomplishments. And today we have Wendy here. Hi, Wendy. Good afternoon. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your grandmother, some of your memories, or what first comes to mind when you think of this incredible woman. Well, first off, that... that beautiful list that you rattled off about all grandma's accomplishments you forgot to add you forgot to add that she was an amazing grandmother (laughs) (laughs) um i have memories as far back as when i was five years old um my grandmother and grandfather teaching me to dance powwow and by the time i was six i was dancing competitively so that meant that I got to spend every summer with my grandparents doing the powwow trail. And some of those memories are just imprinted in my heart and now have been passed on to my children, and now I'm being able to pass them on to my grandchildren. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's an amazing... She's an amazing woman. It's a, she was an amazing woman. And to be able to say that I'm her granddaughter is just you know i say that with the utmost pride and respect um she had we we came from a very large family but she always made time for her grandchildren always um doing the powwowing i got to meet a lot of my mushums and kokums which means my grandmothers and grandfathers and i got to learn a lot about our culture um, she taught me the Baha'i faith. She taught me my values, which I'm now instilling in my grandchildren. And it seems to be passed on as grandmother to grandmother. My grandmother's grandmother 
instilled in her the spirituality that she instilled upon her grandchildren and her children. And my mother taught me, and so now I'm I'm teaching my children and grandchildren. One of the things that stuck out, in, and I still instill in my children and grandchildren, is there's two words that my grandmother refused to let us use, and that was hate and stupid. People may do stupid things, but you don't refer to somebody as stupid, and that our hearts are not big enough to hold hate. Those are wonderful lessons. Yeah, they are. Um, through the Baha'i faith, my um, my grandmother has introduced me to many, many special people. And because of her, I've met a wonderful friend, Ronald Rhodes. Ron, can you say hi? Yeah. Yeah, he's... he's um, carried me through these last couple of months they've been pretty trying and it's uh we're both teaching each other things he's taught me how to be patient which i i sort of forgot but it's because of him that i'm here today to be able to discuss my grandmother so ron you want to say a few little things well <laughs> too close that's no. good Perfect. okay <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't know what I can say, but I mean, it's it's been an honor to be able to be able to help carry out Dorothy's wishes to be able to get a hold of you and help you do what needs to be done. It's uh, it's an honor to be able to be a part of this. Thank you. Being here today and, and for bringing Wendy to share with us. Now, your grandmother, uh, she was born on a reserve in Manitoba. Yeah, she was born on the way with Sita Capital in Manitoba, and um, her and my grandfather came from the Cactuistahau in Saskatchewan, and that's where her children were raised, and that's where I spent many, many of my childhood days with my mushums and kukums, um, doing very, a lot of very spiritual things. I remember going and hanging ties from trees and ribbons from trees and saying prayers, you know, which were very, very special. And not a lot of my relatives know or have had a chance to experience that. And I'm, you know, really blessed to have been able to be a part of that with my grandparents. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade a day out of the, the 10 years that I got to spend every summer with them. Now, I was reading about your grandmother this morning in a, in a wonderful essay that was titled Beyond Red Power, The Alternative Activism of Dorothy McQuabie Francis. And um, I was learning a lot about her, which was, and she's so fascinating. Now, as a child, uh, I read that she went to residential school. Yes, um, she didn't share a whole lot of that with us grandchildren. And I think she she just didn't want us to know how she struggled in 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 that form i think she instilled upon us you know just everybody was equal everybody love each other everybody be kind to each other um so i don't think she wanted us to she expected us to know that but not to really hear about her experiences there because I think she might have thought it might have influenced us. But I know I didn't hear a lot about the residential school trauma that my grandmother and, and my aunts and uncles faced. But um, I'm sure because of it, it's made her who she was. Um, she she never, she always, it, it, this is another thing she taught me, that everything bad or dark that happens has a light. You just have to look. And so I still do that, and I think I'm starting to instill that in my children. <laughs> yes, I was very fascinated uh, by her experience as I read about it. Um, having gone to, uh, you know, she went to a residential school. Um, she did, uh, I read some quotes about the dark times that she experienced in the residential school. But also this other side, like you're saying, the light of the experience, where um, she had an experience with a very nice family, um, the Pitts uh, family, yes. uh, who adopted her. Um, and they were a Caucasian family. Uh, he was the principal of the school and uh, encouraged her education, I read. And uh, she, she has this um, uh, 
contrast in her life experience where at once she's kind of robbed of her culture going to residential school but then she's also experiencing um, a very beautiful uh, relationship with a family who adopted her and encouraged her uh, education her uh, discovering her own culture and um, I as I read about this I saw why she was such a, um, a supporter and activist for unity between aboriginals and non-aboriginals yeah, um, I, I'm sitting here smiling as you're as you're speaking about it because there again, there's the light in the darkness. My my grandmother always pulled something from it, and so because of that light, we are who we are today. And um, I wouldn't be the woman I am today if it wasn't the influence of my grandmother, who still influences me daily. Yeah, uh, yeah I I just can't stress how proud I am of saying I am the granddaughter of Dorothy Mockwabee Francis. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Maybe when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Aboriginal Friendship Centre, how Dorothy Francis came up with that idea, and a little bit more about the centre and what it uh, has to offer for the community. Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to carry on our conversation here with Wendy Bonazou, granddaughter of Dorothy Makwabik Francis. Uh, we talked about many of her accomplishments, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about the Aboriginal Friendship Centre and how she started the very first one in Regina and how uh, your grandmother came up with the idea to do this. What motivated her? Well, um, from what I can remember, 
my grandmother and, and my grandfather had some children and they moved. They wanted to leave the reserve. I'm not sure exactly why. At this point, I can't remember. But they left the reserve and there was no rental in, in Regina. And so they lived on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. And my, my grandmother, one of her children got sick, one of her boys, and passed due to inadequate care availability for First Nations. And so she got the idea that it was needed a place for First Nations peoples to gather and to find adequate health care, to find whatever they may be looking for and needing. And that's what I think pushed her into becoming a founder or a part of being the founding of the first friendship center. I think that's as far as I can remember how it really came about. Um, I think. Well, I think that these centers have become such an important uh, fixture in many communities, um, including here in Vancouver. Uh, we have an Aboriginal friendship center. Uh, we also have uh, Cyrus Greenall in the studio with us today. Hi, Cyrus. Hello. Hi. Um, you know a little bit about the Aboriginal Friendship Centre. I know that uh, you've been there. Uh, you might be able to just remind us of some of the programs or um, the space and what it's all about. Yeah, I've been many times. And um, I honestly, I didn't know that Dorothy Francis had anything to do with it until um, a few weeks ago. Um, for the last few years, I've gone many times, uh, mostly to West Coast night on, on Wednesdays. And uh, that's for all the different West Coast tribes um, in British Columbia. And it's amazing, and I think it makes so much sense now in hindsight that Dorothy was um, the genesis for the Friendship Center because it's uh, I ex myself experienced such unity in these gatherings. Um, when our our friend um, Bo Dick passed, um, when our, our friend uh, Marcus Alfred passed, and when he, many other friends passed, um, Immediately at West Coast night, there's a gathering where all the tribes come together and do a blanket ceremony and dance um, and collect funds for, for the families. And the really um, beautiful, unifying um, experiences. And um, I think it's, I, you know, I, just speaking on my own, from my own point of view, um, I think it's so important because you have so many First Nations people that live in Vancouver who are far removed from their homeland. You know, my Kukwakawak friends from Alert Bay um, you know, it's not easy to uh, to be able to go back home often. So it's so, I think, valuable to have a space here where we can come together. That's right. Um, and also, you know, it's amazing that she is remembered always uh, after all these years. She passed away in 1990. And these efforts to start um, initiatives like the uh, Aboriginal Friendship Center, among many other um, uh, accomplishments, uh, we're, we're remembering her. We had a picnic in her memory. Uh, that's where I went, met Wendy a few a couple weeks ago in New Westminster, Queen Park, Queen's Park, uh, where there's a totem that's been carved in her honor and memory. Um, Wendy, if you want to share a little bit about the picnic that we had. Um, we had a picnic on Mother's Day. As a family, we used to hold it in White Rock when my grandmother was alive, and there was quite a few of us that would take up the beach. And then after Grandma passed, they erected the totem pole in Queen's Park. So we've tried every, you know, four or five years having a family gathering in Grandma's memory. And this last Mother's Day, on the 14th, we had a gathering for Grandma that there was a, anywhere from 90 to 120 people that attended in her memory and for all us mothers. But the majority of it was there for Grandma and she was such an amazing woman. I met a gentleman, I know his first name was Stefan, that met my grandmother in Quebec 30 years ago, or here in BC, for three hours. And my grandmother seen something in that gentleman, and she gave him a drum and asked her to caretake that drum. And he came back for the first time in 30 years to BC and just happened to... Um, ask a Baha'i friend where Dorothy was laid to rest so he could go and pay his respects and he would be able to do it on the 14th and they said no you don't have to go to Squamish just go to Queen's Park there's a picnic there and that gentleman came and shared his story 
and another lady came and 37 years ago my grandmother gave her one of my grandfather's powwowing shirts to make patterns with and she brought it back I'm getting emotional <laughs> she brought it back and gave it to me because it needed to be returned to the family so just these Mother's Day picnics in my grandmother's honor bring so much love so many people it's you can just feel the love and the, the, the good radiating from Queen's Park on Mother's Day. <laughs> and we're going to try to keep doing it every year. Yeah. I think... Oh, I don't think anybody brought a picture of her. Oh, I do in the car, though, right? Oh, you do? Don't I have that book? Yes, you do. Cookie, you come back over here. Mm. I believe so, yes. So we were we we intended to do some restoration on the pole today, but I had to get permission from the City of New Westminster Parks Board and the Heritage and Museum Department, and they would like us to gather again to do this. It was just too quick for them. Claude will be the one um, doing some of the restoration for us, and I will make sure that I let everybody in the in the communities know. And we can all come, and you know, take part in it. This is a high print. Blessed is the spot, and the house, and the place, and the city, and the heart, and the mountain, and the refuge, and the cave, and the valley and the sea, and the island, and the meadow, where mention of God hath been made, and his praise glorified. The sound is pretty bad, but that gentleman there is a Baha'i from Abbotsford who came and said some prayers. The gentleman in the red shirt is Stefan, and I'm pretty sure we might have a little blurb here where he sings, he drums. Here it is. Oh, I hear, think it is. Yeah, we're just getting it all set up here on Co-op Radio. Here's Stefan. And uh, my friend uh, Tupian Joka told me, well, there is a picnic on their honor on the 14th. And 14 was the only day I had free. So here I am on my free day. How I met uh, Dorothy Francis, actually, uh, I don't know her for a long time. We met for three hours. I was uh, going across Canada with a group called Let It Be This, this Generation 30 years ago, uh, going to high school, talking about peace, talking about the message of peace. And we were doing a performance all over Canada and we were we came to BC and I met her in a city we were doing a, a performance and during that performance uh, we finished the performance and here come this elderly lady uh, in a wheelchair after we finished the performance I start talking to her and she said well I missed the per performance I said so I talked briefly and then I put back the music at the end of the performance and I redid the um, uh, the folk dancing uh, medley that I was doing at the end of the show and we finished the whole end of the show for her to watch so we briefly talked a lot, mo a lot more we were uh, selling some uh, picture of uh, the declaration of uh, of the Bob for uh, people that know the uh, very special spot and she didn't have any money and I told her well no problem I'll pay for it and then naively later on in the conversation because I met native people all across Canada first in the east coast at the beginning of my journey I met some bald eagle who was the doorkeeper of the east and at the end of my journey on the west coast I met the who was the doorkeeper of the West. And naively, I asked her where I can find a drum. 
And then she said, I have two, you can have both. And there we come, we go and, and driver her at her place. We go and she said, the drum is right there, you can take it. And it's a sacred drum and I want you to be the caretaker of it. I didn't know anything about the drum. But later on, I had to. Uh, I was going to uh, uh, North in, in North Manitoba, and I went uh, to a reserve. And uh, then there's a uh, gentleman I met there, and he taught me the first song that I will chant with you now. Uh, I learned the, the song. I kept doing it all over the world where I was, and. Uh, not too long ago, about a year or two ago, I learned that it was a Soto song that I learned. And, and a few weeks before I learned that, I learned that Makwabik um, was a Soto. So, there you go. I was, uh, was meant to be here today. today. And, oh, there's no applause to be done. And the song, the song that I'm, I'm chanting uh, is also really appropriate. It says, uh, We are coming to bless you, all our relatives. And the second phrase is, Come and help us, our relatives. So, there you go. So, as you see, this is Stefan, who so graciously came and shared what what he experienced with Grandma. Um, if if th there was a bigger picture, and you could see, you could see there is all cultures, which my grandmother was a firm believer in. It, like I said earlier, one people, and they just she just everybody had no different color no different like she used to say we're all the same you cut us we all bleed red and it's so true you know she would she would teach me she would teach me to love and respect everybody in the world and or that I came in contact with and that's why now I do the same thing as I'm older and my children and grandchildren have the utmost respects for every culture, every walk. They're interested in learning from them, interested in being their friends, and that's because of my grandmother. Yeah. Yes, I was reading this morning about, um, in that article I quoted earlier uh, by Chelsea Horton, um, uh, about Beyond Red Power, it was called. And I learned a bit about the Red Power movement in the 1960s and 70s, how it uh, were very difficult, you know, volatile decades where Aboriginal people across Canada were arising and being increasingly vocal, um, sometimes militant, uh, political, um, and and how she kind of had a different take on all of this. She did believe in... in uh, fighting for the rights of Aboriginal people, instilling a sense of, of, of self-worth and value into the youth, um, and to be very proud of one's culture. And uh, however, uh, she, she believed that there wasn't really a unified consensus, that's what I was reading, about how to improve the standing and treatment of Aboriginal people in North America. And um, she felt that um, there had to be a unified vision um, that included Aboriginal people and non-Aboriginal people. And in this way, she really kind of stood apart in her efforts and um, towards activism. It was sort of a, a spiritual activism, <laughs> as, as she called it, um, to bring all people together as one in a, in a unified vision of how to move forward. Yeah, uh, and I think one of the ways she did it is by, by helping to bring the Baha'i faith into this world. 
into this part of Canada and my grandmother's world and the First Nations world. And because a lot of their beliefs as Baha'is are the same beliefs as we have in a lot of our spiritual ceremonies in our and our everyday beliefs are a lot to do with the First Nations um, and the Baha'is. And so that's, that's I think, where, where she instilled it in, our, in her grandchildren and her children and to most people that she met. She was such such a peace-loving woman that everybody that met her walked away feeling so peace, so full of peace inside, so fulfilled. And that's what my grandmother, I think, wanted to do was to make everybody see that it's we're all the same. We're all the same. Yes, and to quote uh, from her, in 1960s, I, I found a quote that she said to a reporter. She said, our Indian religion is basically the same all over North America. We all believe in one great spirit called God by the white man. And so even within her own community and, and people uh, with the different nations and tribes, she also saw that there was a oneness and, yeah. and, and related it also to the white man. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, and and we as her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are now following her footsteps and doing and doing the same and that's wonderful yes um also with my grandmother with the friendship centers she had the the radio program at one point and that was lullabies and storytelling and I remember as a child listening to those lullabies and some of those stories. So now I'm able to pass them on to my, my kids and grandkids. Yeah. Well, one thing I was going to add, you know, thinking about um, her movement for unity, for the advancement of um, Aboriginal peoples, it just reminded me, I, you know, this, it's so nice um, with recon the reconciliation movement now. It's the same message. Um, you know, when I hear... Um, my dear friends, um, Shelley uh, Joseph and Robert Joseph and other members of Reconciliation Canada, um, they have the same vision, I, I think. And I was just on the website reading and just reminding myself, um, I guess one of the slogans, Namwayut, uh, which means we are all one. And um, when, uh, when Dr. Robert Joseph came, came to the Baha'i Center in Vancouver to hold a workshop, um, I think it really resonated with all of us because it was the same message I think that Dorothy uh, was trying to convey that, um, you know, we, uh, for the advancement of one people, um, it requires everyone to come together. Um, it's not about um, just uh, one people, it's all people have to move forward. And if everyone needs to take interest in advancing um, the, the standing of Aboriginal peoples. That sounds like what grandma would want. <laughs> I think it's so important right now in these efforts for reconciliation to constantly be reminded about the oneness of, of humanity and the community and for everybody to come together and move forward. Um, and also for you know people like uh, who are not Aboriginal to learn about um, the culture. And I know your grandmother uh, taught many non-Aboriginal people um, uh, friends, she had students, she had people in the Baha'i community, non-Baha'is, everyone, that she would often teach um, different cultural practices like song, dance, sun dance, I've read, that she shared all these traditions with them. She did not distinguish between Aboriginal or non-Aboriginal. She felt that this could be something that could benefit everyone and, and connect them with their spiritual selves. Okay, well, speaking of which, I have a song all lined up for you, the listeners of Co-op Radio. It's called In the Hearts of You and Me. She packed her bags this morning Didn't know where she was going 
We've been talking about Dorothy Makovic Francis with her granddaughter Wendy Bonazou. Uh, we've learned a lot about uh, Dorothy Francis today and all her accomplishments, um, uh, among them being the founder of the first Aboriginal Friendship Centre. And she also received the Order of Canada for all her cultural revitalization efforts. She received that in 1978. Um, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that, uh, um, Wendy. Well, one thing I know for sure is her family, we yahooed it up out here. She was in Ottawa, and I wish I could share, but I don't have a proper picture today of her with um, Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau um, uh, enjoying it afterwards. 
the ceremony. I know it was very, my grandmother was so honored to be honored in that way. But my grandmother was also a very humble person. If I remember correctly, a lot of um, her accepting this award was for her people, not so much for her. And that's just the way my grandmother was. And we'll be remembering uh, your grandmother this weekend on Saturday at Gallery 1515. We're hosting a, um, a gathering uh, called Remembering Dorothy Makwebik Francis, where we're hoping to have friends share stories, uh, prayers and songs, and to really uh, connect with her uh, soul and spirit that day. Um, as she has been a, um, a force, a spiritual force, <laughs> both within the Aboriginal community and also in the Baha'i community. So it's an honor to remember her this Saturday at 2 p.m. at Gallery 1515. And the address is 1515 West 7th Avenue, and it will be at 2 o'clock on Saturday. The event is also posted on Facebook. Facebook um, as Remembering Dorothy Makwebik Francis. So if you look that up, uh, you will find it at 2 o'clock on Saturday, May 27th. Count on me being there. Um, as a matter of fact, I am going to the Vancouver Public Library, Library earlier that day to see if I can maybe find some articles or maybe a couple of lullabies or something. I know there's quite a bit at the library there about Grandma, so... I'm going to go check it out and see if there's anything I can take copies of and bring. Wonderful. Thank you. That would be wonderful. And I know the CBC also has a number of archives of her uh, talking or singing. So we're looking into that as well to see if we can uh, track any of that down. <laughs> that would be amazing to have something like that. You know, to for it would be amazing to be able to share that with the, the people. But it would also be amazing to hear our grandmother's voice again. Yes, I hope so. So hopefully we'll be successful in our endeavor to <laughs> to find those um, recordings. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah really looking forward into it for Saturday, and being able to go to the library beforehand and hopefully come and bring some surprises with me when I get there. Now, your grandmother. We mentioned earlier that uh, she had eleven children, two of which uh, who passed away. Um, but out of her 11 children, um, uh, are you in contact? Uh, I am. My Aunt Shirley, who was her second eldest daughter, is in Kelowna, and she's doing some type of work with the Friendship Center there, but I think she's on her way to retiring, but we're trying to talk her out of it. <laughs> My Auntie Keitha, who is the eldest, is living in Hope, B.C., and I'm in contact with her at all, all times. And then my uncle Dennis, who is in Hope also, and is still dancing competitively as we speak. Mm. Yeah, so it's 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 amazing to still have them and to look back on memories that they get to share with us and I get to share with my children and my grandchildren. That's wonderful. And I'm pretty sure that my two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, Savian, is going to be our next singer or dancer because I put powwow music on and this two and a half year old drops whatever he's playing with and is right there. <laughs> so he's he's bound to be our dancer, our singer. Yeah. And the park where we had the picnic, uh, there was a totem and I believe it's a, uh, um, it's it's the bear, which was her namesake, is that correct? Yes, Bear Sitting Woman, which is Mokwabeek. And that name after she passed was passed to my mother and then once she passed, it was passed to my niece. So that name is being carried on. And yeah, she's she's singing that song and dancing that dance for her great-grandmother. And we heard you earlier on the recording from the picnic that they're planning to restore that uh, totem pole there in, in the park. Yes, we are. We're, we were going to try to do it. See, this is the good in the dark. I was told, no, you can't do it right now. But that's because we wanted to do it really quickly. And because they want to take the time to take it down and dry it and paint it and then dry it again so that it will stand all these seasons. So there we go. It's the good, so it's going to get done the right way. We don't mind waiting. Yeah. 
That's great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Wendy. It was wonderful to talk to you. And uh, Cyrus, thank you so much. And Ron for all being here. And Ganarji for having us on the show to share more about Dorothy Francis and um, all her amazing accomplishments that we learned about today. And I'm sure we could even have an entire other show talking about all her accomplishments. <laughs> but this was wonderful. And if you'd like to learn more, please join us on Saturday at Gallery 1515 at 2 p.m. That's Saturday, May 27th to remember Dorothy Mockwabeek Francis.